so much for being here, Sue. It really means a lot that you came onto my show. Thanks so much uh, for having me. Before we even get started, and I said it like 10 times already before we even started recording, but your outfit. Oh my gosh. Fire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, everything's just working well together. Your hair's curly, you know, the it's hat, so the gold. Oh, love it. But the hoops. Keep it, it's right? a hoop day. It's a hoop day. Hey. <laughs> but I want to just quickly dive into, you know, us and when we met, we first met. And I think it was less than a year ago. Yeah. Um, you know, you were shopping for stuff for Africa. And I was like, Africa? What are you doing in Africa? And you're like, I work with Giants of Africa. And I was like, that is really cool. Could you tell me more about your role in that? Yeah, so I have been with Giants of Africa for about five and a half years. Yeah. Um, I do the PR marketing mm-hmm. for the organization and also Masai Ujiri personally. So Amazing. it's such an incredible um, journey that I've been on with mm-hmm. them. It's I go to Africa every year, sometimes twice a year, mm-hmm. um, and we're really focused on using basketball as a tool for youth to find themselves, and mm-hmm. um, really it's about empowerment and learning life skills yeah. on and off the court. Mm-hmm. So um, I, similar to you, have a background. Um, I worked at Nike in mm-hmm. the past, mm-hmm. and when I was at Nike, I worked on the charitable program there as oh, wow. well as well as in PR. Yeah. So a lot of the things I did there have really been able to transfer over, yeah. which has been amazing. Wow. wow. So, and yeah. it's, it's crazy how, you know, everybody has their own experiences where you can apply it to different things. Like I might, like you mentioned, I myself have so many different things going on for me, but then it's also like, oh, I can use like my knowledge from this side of things and put it over totally. there. Everything's pretty transferable in life. For sure. Um, to t- talk to me more about, you know, working with, with Masai and how that's been for you. Yeah, it's been amazing. I, um, funny enough, I met him I, almost 13 and a half years ago, his first uh, day in Toronto, yeah. um, through mutual friends, mm-hmm. and we immediately hit it off and became friends yeah. and stayed in touch over the years, and uh, right from the very beginning, he told me about what at the time was Giants of Africa, but didn't have the name, mm-hmm. so it was uh, the initiative he was doing in Africa and Nigeria, uh-huh. doing basketball camps in his spare time, and it's something that's been such a huge part of his life from day one. So um, one of the first times I met him, or we hung out, he uh, told me about the organization, and with my background from yeah. Nike and having worked on the charitable side before, I was like, I, I want to help. Let's I make this see, happen. Yeah, yeah, let's do something. Yeah. But the timing wasn't right. At mm-hmm. that point in time, um, there wasn't any funding. It was very grassroots. Mm-hmm. He would literally throw a bag in the locker room and ask the players for their old shoes and yeah. take them back to Nigeria in the summer and use them for camp. Yeah. So um, he, wow. yeah, he had very clear and big vision. Uh-huh. But I was like, timing? I don't know that that's possible to make it happen for you realistically and for me and like for everybody because he had like basically what we're doing now was what he was envisioning then Uh and there really wasn't the resources from a time and money perspective Mm -hmm. but um, it was something that I always stayed in touch with him about Mm -hmm. and we built a friendship over the years and when he came back to Toronto in the role that he is currently Mm -hmm. um, he was like now I can do it the way we talked about so yeah. I and, and that's what's in. happening yeah that's amazing so it's yeah. really grown it started out as um, camps in Nigeria mm-hmm. and now we've been to over 16 countries 
and wow. we go pretty much all of August, wow. which is amazing. That is so cool. Yeah. Look, this past year, I covered the NBA uh, All-Star and, and the finals with Afterland Entertainment, and they're obviously from Africa. Um, and it was it was very interesting to you know do my research and see all these things, and you know speaking with you as well, like getting that that knowledge of the continent as a whole and how much it's it needs community. It needs all the things that you are putting work in for. Um, tell me more about the impact and how you think that's been shaping not only the continent's culture, but Toronto and, and basketball as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because people have such a, a view of Africa as the old, tired narrative of, mm -hmm. um, you know, poor Africa. It's such a rich country, whether it's the resources and especially the people. It's incredible. Like, every country you go to on the continent is so mm -hmm. unique and has such a different diverse culture mm -hmm. which people don't really think of but they think of the continent of africa and it's africa yeah yeah and all but that, like there's so, so many countries. like you go to yeah, yeah so many countries and they're so different and yeah. they are so um influenced by other countries mm -hmm. and like it's funny when i I've been to Kenya and Uganda. I'm like, it's the best Indian food I've ever had, what? better than India. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's amazing. These things that you wouldn't think, yeah. like these skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, in, yeah, I've only seen like photos and videos and I see the the architect, um, the structures and everything in there. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, what a gift. Yeah, so the youth there, um, it's really about them having an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And previously it was all about soccer. Like yeah. even in the five and a half years that I've been going, I've noticed such a difference. Like in the beginning when we'd go, there wasn't from a media perspective as much interest. It was still about soccer. Mm -hmm. Even when Masai would do stuff, they would ask him about soccer, even yeah. though we were talking about basketball. And you know, like now and in the past couple of years, like that progression has happened. And especially now with the Raptors winning the championship, yep. it's all about basketball. Yep. And we go to different countries and people have the Raptors jerseys mm -hmm. on. So oh, it's so really cool. like the Raptors feel like a truly global brand. Like it's, it's they like the NBA like, is, but the Raptors are yeah. truly like, and I think that legacy started with Ryan Colangelo who sort mm -hmm. of opened things up mm -hmm. with, you know, Italy and, the, and putting, putting a focus. Yeah. yeah, that's why he actually brought Masai on was really to focus on global scouting and make Toronto yeah. a global team. So. Oh. That legacy started with him, and then he brought Masai in as the key person to do mm -hmm. that. And then, and look, here, look here we are started. now. Yeah, <laughs> that's so amazing. Yeah. Now, where were you when Toronto won the championship? Funny enough, so I've been involved, like not working for the Raptors, but yeah. on the outside, part of the mm -hmm. family, kind of since day one. Yeah. So I worked at Nike in those early days, mm -hmm. and I worked in basketball PR, mm -hmm. and um, also had a foundation the Raptors had the Raptors Foundation mm -hmm. and I worked on a program called play at the time for Nike cool. so we had a joint fund and we did community programs in Toronto mm -hmm. um, so from day one so it was very serendipitous because the night we won I was at uh, Gretzky's Wayne mm -hmm. Gretzky's the, restaurant yeah. with uh, Tom Bidoff and the Bidoff family mm -hmm. who brought the franchise to Canada wow. so there was a group of us a lot of like people that had worked for the team early mm -hmm. days we were all um, there watching the game wow. so that's, that's yeah. incredible yeah it was really special like champagne came yeah. out everybody rushed the streets it was like yeah it was, I was like totally <laughs> I kept seeing the guys photos from there yeah. to, and they were sending me pictures oh, so, so it was cool. it was cool yeah it, it, 
honestly just talking about that time it was so exhilarating like that whole period of time when it was back and forth like first you know we lost the, the second I was like oh my gosh are we gonna do this and then game totally. five happened and I'm like are we we are we got this and then didn't and we're like oh there was so much suspense leading up to totally. the win and I'm so happy that we were here to experience that and obviously you know your work has played a role in into making that happen like your your friendship and building that foundation with Masai had obviously given that you know impact to the organization I feel and I feel like anytime um, you know we get out there and, and as women we're able to do these things it truly makes that impact so on that note how has it been you know being a woman in the sports industry and and um, navigating yeah it's had its ups and its downs mm -hmm. for sure um, I feel like right now we're at a really special place in time um, I think more and more there's um, a realization of how much women can bring to the table. Mm -hmm. I think in the past it was like they you're not even allowed yeah. in that room, right? You know, We're like taking up space or whatever yeah. that means. But like I remember early days, it was such a boys' club, and there was myself and one other woman who was my boss, and we were the only ones on the team that were female, wow. like in marketing. And it was very boys club. Like the boys would go play golf and we weren't invited. Like it wow. was just, uh, why don't you girls go to the spa? Like it was just like, yeah. there were so many things that happened without us there. Mm -hmm. But um, even though we were all very close and yeah. like, it, it just, was just the was way just of the world at that point society. in time. Yeah. yeah, and now I think there is such a reala realization. Um, and it's one of those things Masai talks about all the time where it's, um, you know, in his household, his wife runs everything. Mm -hmm. So he's like, how come she can run everything there, but then a woman can't run things in the boardroom? Mm -hmm. Like budgets and, you know, organizational skin, yeah. skills and, yeah, operational stuff. Yeah. Like it's women have that, um, you know, have that skill set. Mm -hmm. They're just not given the opportunity. Sure. And I think right now, especially, I think globally it's a, big phenomenon but I think especially in Toronto it's mm -hmm. such an opportunity. I, I agree with you and I feel like you know like you mentioned everything has evolved so much from what it was and everything or not everything but certain things would be totally boys club totally like totally. you can't be doing this. I remember one time someone was like oh someone called that guy to lift the bot. I was like I'll do it like why does it have to be a guy or a male figure and again we love y'all but then at the same yes. time we can also do what you do. Totally. So it's crazy to see like how things have expanded and and how um toronto has also built in that culture we just spoke about you know community and impact what do you see you know evolving or happening within the basketball community and toronto and even africa like what what are your visions on kind of the next step in, in that sense i feel like the culture is really starting in toronto yeah and i feel like we're owning more and more of that global stage mm -hmm. and we're becoming more of like people around the world are watching what's happening in Toronto. Yeah. And I think especially within basketball, the level of creativity coming out of Toronto is so incredible, more mm -hmm. so not that it's not happening around the world, but there's just such a strong creative presence in Toronto within the culture of basketball. Yeah. So I think basketball, as it's amazing, like, in Africa, we talk about using basketball as a tool, but mm -hmm. I feel like even here in Toronto, it's such a tool to creativity. Yeah. So people aren't looking at it like the old school way of like, shoot the player yeah. and like just, you know, cover 
this that one narrative. Like, yeah, 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 like now there's so many, whether it's, you know, footwear culture mm-hmm. or um, charitable programs like the kickback or like there's so yeah. much creativity and so many youth that are not just viewing it as the game, but mm-hmm. the game's the jump off of what they can do linking their other passions. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, you know, applying what you've learned from one thing to exactly. another. Which I think that's been a huge learning in my life and uh-huh. something when I look back at all the things I've done, there's been, I always think about it like it's like stars in the sky and yeah. every experience you have is like a star in the sky. Okay. And when you look up, it's the entire universe that you have because wow. it leads you down so many different paths. So you may start going down one way and think that's the direction you're supposed to go. And then there's another star over there. There's another star over there. (laughs) And then you end up doing something totally different. And then you don't even realize like how it all ends up connecting. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we might dive into this a little bit, but I, um, in addition to working with Messiah, I have a infrared sauna boutique that I own. Do sweat house. Do sweat house. (laughs) And um, with that, it's amazing. I've found that afterwards a lot of people come out and they just they sweat all the stuff out mm-hmm. and then they want to talk about personal things happening yeah. in their life it becomes a bit of therapy in a way mm-hmm. when I went to university I originally went to university thinking I was getting gonna get into social work mm-hmm. or psychology and then I decided to go into the arts yep. and do something <laughs> totally different but the few years that I did that has now come in so and had to, yeah, like, shaped like exactly what you're doing now, exactly. where like it's applied itself to it. And and just on that note, I'm I would say I'm the same way. Like I went into school, I have a bachelor of arts degree, um, honors in um, arts and contemporary studies, yeah. and I minored in HR. And so I was like, okay, oh, wow. That's I'm awesome. gonna go be. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna go be a teacher and do you know teach social sciences and some English to high school students because I you know this is youth and I want to be able to give back. And then I was like, oh wait, no, maybe because I have a minor in HR, I can you know possibly own a company or be able to go to different companies and organizations and do their you know human resources yeah. there until I was like wait a second all the hobbies that I've been doing you know recording and um, filming and photo and all the corresponding that I was doing for like basketball organizations and events was really my true calling and, and what I felt in the moment but that's not to say that my degree didn't apply to all that stuff totally. I did so many critical thinking things I was administration for so many like organizations and I'm like this is where this calling came from okay and even and, on the HR side yeah. like to get a deeper story with someone being able to pull out their like what's happening with them yes. and what it, you know like there's so the many things exactly yeah. yeah which a lot of times you don't even realize or you're like oh I'm doing something totally different and yeah. that was a waste of time it's never a waste never. of time and on that note like I just realized or recently realized I'm like wow like these experiences are happening for a reason and we spoke about it in the moment too like timing is everything um speaking of which and i have to bring it up because before we even started filming (laughs) sue came in here and was like for some reason i was doing vision a vision board and then all of a sudden aspire to inspire podcast came up on your vision board how what it's crazy (laughs) i like i am it really is the essence of what i believe in that nothing is by accident and everything yeah. happens as it should whether you like it or not yeah. <laughs> and you just got to go with it but I about six or seven months ago did a vision board and was going through Pinterest uh-huh. and just finding things and I saw and it was actually for a design like 
fonts and oh, it like said aspire and yeah so it had one font that said aspire mm-hmm. and then it said to inspire mm-hmm. and then podcast and i was thinking you know what i in the future want to be part of a podcast i don't know if it's me running one or, or me being on one because mm-hmm. i've been asked many times and not wanted to do it but i was like i feel oh. like i need to do this yes. <laughs> so i put it on the vision board and yeah. then i just realized like a couple days ago i pulled out the vision board and i saw it on there i'm like that's so wild because yeah. i'd already said yeah i'm in let's do it yeah and and you look yeah. back and you're like wait a second that I is wild had this calling yeah <laughs> wow that is so that is really wild and um you're right like things happen for a reason and things just kind of fall into place as they go and then whoa but anyways mind blowing <laughs> back to do sweat house yes tell, tell me more about that and how can people access this and yeah what, what happens so- when you're actually in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I was going through a super rough time. My mom was really sick mm-hmm. and I was going back and forth between Toronto and Waterloo to help my dad take care of her. Mm-hmm. And Is that where you're originally from? Yeah, oh, originally from Waterloo. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had to go down to a conference in LA and a friend of mine down there took me to this place uh-huh. that has a similar technology. Yeah and she does it two or three times a week and Mm -hmm. swore by it so i did it and it just i had the deepest sleep at a time when i was so stressed and not sleeping so i did a bit more research about infrared saunas and Mm -hmm. then went down to new york and tried a different one and did another one in la and anyway i just kept feeling so amazing came back to toronto couldn't find it so started trying to research mm-hmm. how can I get one mm-hmm. and found that it was wholesale. So I said, yes, I have a business. <laughs> and <laughs> it just sort of manifested without even really thinking mm-hmm. through. Um, but basically it's a infrared uh, sauna technology that's okay. built into a blanket. Gotcha. So you get cocooned inside a blanket and Ooh. you <laughs> lie down and watch Netflix for 55 minutes okay. and have the deepest sweat of your life. So it starts out really comfy, cozy, and it's usually around the last 15 minutes that it's super you're tense drenched and you're and just like, like, it's pouring out. Yeah. So it's reminds you of hot yoga. Yeah. It's like hot yoga, yeah. but you're watching Netflix yeah. and it, um, takes, a little bit to cool down mm-hmm. and then most people feel really energized after Ooh. it's really good for your skin okay I need um, that we have you have amazing skin oh thank you but no you have amazing oh, thank, thank you <laughs> take the compliment 2020 <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's uh, good for muscle recovery so it's really good for athletes and if you're training for something um I have a couple pro athletes that come in that do it before they, they yeah, because it loosens yeah. and warms up their muscles. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's good for sleep. It's good for eczema in the mm-hmm. winter. I have regulars that come in because they've noticed a reduction in cellulite, wow. which was something I didn't even realize. Yeah. It's good for pain management. I have yeah. a couple people that have knee issues mm-hmm. and they found that it really helps because it's loosening up yeah. the joints as well. Um, yeah, so it's really, it's been a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually opening up in side Bolo Fitness, their wellness center. Uh, they have a space. So okay. I'm moving downtown to 360 Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That is, that's amazing. Did you ever think that you would have something like a hot no. sun or, um, you know, infrared? No. Like this whole, do sweat out. No. You think you'd have I, it? And it's yeah. funny because a lot of people don't even realize that I have it. They think. Yeah. 
I'm doing the PR for it because <laughs> I mean, that's it's just do. so, yeah, yeah they're <laughs> like, it's like, what, you own this? Like, yeah. what, how did you get into yeah. this? But it was totally because I believe in it so much and I yeah. found such a impact in my life that I was like, I want to share it with other people. So it's, it's interesting. It's been ups and downs mm -hmm. for sure. It's definitely not easy, but mm -hmm. it's so exciting and I feel so rewarded and validated when people come and do it and, and have such a yeah profound experience mm -hmm. like I get so many messages from people like right. it is changing my life and you know like stuff like that yeah. I'm like okay I'm on the right track yeah. so I get to make it out so yeah you have to come so we're just speaking about your your business ventures but you also have other stuff going on and tell me more about what's going on for you yeah so I own my own PR practice um, it's called creative clutch cool. so it's a bit of PR a bit of marketing mm -hmm. events experiential you name it I kind of yeah. do it all on a consulting perspective so mm -hmm. I work with different brands like um, Nintendo and there's a few restaurants in Toronto I work with key the shore club yeah um, I work on some sports projects as wow. well and do some consulting with some athletes as well so every day looks totally every, different yeah. for me um, <laughs> I also manage a couple of creatives mm -hmm. and um, basically it's like That's following really cool. what my passions are and I meet so many different people mm -hmm. all the time so I can be a bit like, oh, this is interesting me, yeah. and this is interesting me. So then I go down different paths, but mm -hmm. lately I've been trying to really focus, and I'm saying no a lot more than I'm saying yes, yeah. which is not my nature. I'm yeah. used to saying yes. I agree with you. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. <laughs> it is. Like boundaries, woo. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I learned that last year, and I was like, okay, how do I say no to this? Even yeah. I want to do it, but then I need to say no because I can't do it. Like, totally. I physically can't. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a huge thing that I'm working on, yeah. but um, yeah, I love PR marketing and yeah. um, just working with people and helping mm -hmm. people. So yeah. that's kind of Me the too. basis mm -hmm. of everything that I do. So I think very thing. often knowing what it is that is your underlying value mm -hmm. and motivation for things can be a good compass to help you get. I agree, yeah. I agree completely. And again it's like the third time we're talking about it but literally applying everything that you've learned from something to another thing 100%. to then create something bigger and, and better totally um, and we are going to talk about a lot of like rapid fire lightning round in this part sure. of, the, of the show so i'm going to say either you know this or that or a favorite something and then you can kind of decide which one you like in there okay so what is your favorite food your favorite junk food as well Ooh, I'm a salt person, mm -hmm. so chips are my nemesis. I'm like, they're my kryptonite. I try not to have. <laughs> in our other episode, I literally was just talking about how I could eat a whole bag of chips yeah. in one sip because. Oh, me too. No like problem. Two even. Oh yeah, easy. Favorite chips? Yeah. Sour cream and onion. Ooh, okay. But yeah. I try not to have them because if I have them one day, I'm gonna <laughs> want them all the time. I'm a bit I of an addict. Me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. No, like. Something about them is just that they're just so crunchy. Totally. And then you start eating it and the flavors just start exploding in your mouth. And then it feels slightly light in the moment. Totally. And again, I emphasize the moment. And you have them and you're like, okay. And then the next day you're like, where'd this 
get come from. Seriously, <laughs> I know. I lived when I first graduated university. I lived in Japan for two years, wow. and I was addicted. Over there, they have these things called pizza chips. Oh yeah, they literally taste like them. pizza on a chip, and they were the best thing yeah. ever. I but the bags were like uh -huh. so tiny. I'd buy like five of them. I don't blame you. I oh would my do god, the same. so yeah. good. And sp speaking of, of Japan, they have the best snacks there. Like, oh, oh, yes. Matcha Kit Kat, like strawberry oh, yeah. Kit Kat. Oh, yes. All their, like, so their, good. their snacks are just amazing. I feel like <laughs> I might be the only person that went to Japan and came back 15 pounds more <laughs> from sushi. Because <laughs> oh. I ate so much of it. And yes. Yeah. And yeah. It was so good. I don't blame you because yeah. I would do that same thing. Um, favorite destination? Bali. Oh, I've been wanting to go there. It I've only been once, beautiful. but it was heaven on earth. Like, I love so many places, but mm -hmm. I would say that was, like, going there and feeling, like, past life fish. Like, yes. I was like, <laughs> I am meant to be here, yes. and this place is heaven on earth. So oh, what did you do there, if you want me asking? Did like, surfing. Okay. Um, yeah. Went in to Monkey Forest mm -hmm. and, oh like, went out in the water with the dolphins, mm -hmm. which I know is probably not a good thing, <laughs> but yeah. uh, now I've, with I've everything. Thing, but, but I was, like, yeah. in the moment, that experience, just I incredible. Like, how do you, yeah. you hold on to a fin of a dolphin and you're swimming Oh, my God. That? It's an it experience. Amazing. But, again, now is yeah. probably not, not the best. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, Bali was just unbelievable. I've, and I've been to India a bunch of times. Uh -huh. and. India, similar to Bali, has like so many your vision and smells and sounds and like it highlights every sense you have. Yeah. Bali is like the calmer, refined okay. version of India. Yeah. So it's I love how you're into yeah. this whole Zen and like calm and oh, I love it. Just the vibes and energy. It's Thank just, you. And that's the, that's the vibe I got from you when we first met, and I was like, oh, this feels super like positive happy and like we vibe thank you so. no i'm a big energy person yeah. like i think you can you pick up you, people's mm -hmm. energy i yeah i fully believe in it like it's it's so funny i last december we did a giants of africa event with uh, the musician mm -hmm. Dena, and when he met me he was like energy I feel it like we're gonna be friends and I was yeah. like okay, okay. <laughs> and like his energy the minute you see yeah. him he just has this like glow mm -hmm. like I, it's there's some people you meet yeah you're like that too like you Thank just you. you yeah. give off this kindness yeah. and happiness and it's such a, yeah. yeah like it's a real thing yeah, people who are like oh that's airy fairy mm -hmm. no no it's a real thing yeah real. um sneakers or heels sneakers any faves uh, I would say Jordans. Okay, me too. And Converse. Ah, yeah, yeah they're like your Tom de Garçon. But it's funny, I like when I worked at Nike, I used to wear heels all the time. It's so oh, bizarre. Like now time. I'm like, no, I've got sneakers on all the time. So, I mean, yeah. you can use it day to day as well. Right? Yeah. And Jordan 13s are my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you know the story behind like the circles, like a cat eye? Yes. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. 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 A given, but <laughs> for those listening now, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And that was yeah. his nickname. Yeah. So his, so I'm friends with his, his best friend uh -huh. works for Charlotte. Okay. And used to work at Nike back in the day, and yeah. worked for his agent mm -hmm. at the time, and we became friends from our Nike days, and. Prior to the shoe coming out, he had told me this story. Like, they call him Black Hat. That was always from the time they were kids. Uh -huh. They were friends from grade eight. Mm -hmm. And it was 
kids. You knew about pecan history back before it even was yeah. on paper. <laughs> you are knowledgeable. It's um, all about relationships, building yes, relationships with people. So huge. Yeah. Like just touching on relationships, like being able to make that connection with someone and keep it going as a friendship. Totally. And, you know, building together to make something more out of just totally your first interaction, which is what we're doing now. You know, it's just huge. Yeah, I agree totally. with you. And um, every episode, we are touching on, obviously, inspiration, as the series called Inspire to Inspire. So how do you feel that you inspire, and what inspires you? Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I inspire. I just try to always show up Mm -hmm. and listen Mm -hmm. more than I talk, usually. So this is also why it's a very (laughs) strange thing for me to (laughs) be doing this, which I think is why I was like, okay, I want to be very inspirational so but I just (laughs) normally I like to listen so I like to take things in I've been told many times you should be a journalist because I fire questions out just because I am always eager to Mm -hmm. hear someone's story because I think every person you meet can inspire you in some way yeah like very often people think oh it's a celebrity it's this person Mm -hmm. but everybody has something Mm -hmm. a story to tell and experiences Mm -hmm. they've been through that you can learn from so I try to approach everything in that way just quickly touch on that are there certain experiences that you would say have really shaped you you know growing up and or even um, parts of your life where you possibly felt in like a you know maybe a mental health perspective anything that you'd like to share in that sense yeah I mean I've had a number of experiences but um, I think growing up in Waterloo early days Mm -hmm. for um, always feeling like an outsider. Mm -hmm. Like I went to a high school or two different high schools that I was one of the only non-white people. Yeah, Yeah. and um, that I think for years I always felt different Uh and that I didn't fit in. But what I realized later on was that is my superpower, mm-hmm. that I don't fit in and yep. that I never I feel, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but I also never feel uncomfortable going into any room because it doesn't matter if it's older men, mm-hmm. younger, like white, black, Asian, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like people are people. This We're all the me. same. Yep. This is me. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to fit in even like my own people, like it's my true. background is Indian, which people don't usually think. Indian people don't think I'm Indian. I've had that since I was a kid. I'm the same. And yeah, so I'm like, I'm used to not fitting in. Yeah. That now that's my superpower. But as a kid, I think I felt awkward and shy and like, oh God, I just want to blend in. And Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. you want that, but holding on to your differences and realizing that everybody has something that's different about them, Mm -hmm. but we're all the same, really. Huge. Yeah. So I think that, and then living in Japan also was such a different experience. Uh And um, yeah, just the more I've traveled and, you know, when I go away with Giants of Africa, you meet so many different people who have gone through so many Mm -hmm. hardships and just finding strength in your hardships Mm -hmm. and owning it. So I'm with you on that 100%. And just lastly, what inspires you? Um, I think people and their energy, getting back to that again, yeah. I think yeah. I can be so inspired by anyone, like I even just, like, just like, like at a coffee right shop running ready. into someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, or, you know, it's funny, Messiah inspires me in so many different ways, but not in the ways that people would, would think. Mm-hmm. Just, 
Um, he inspires me by how hard he works and mm. um, the person that he is, but he never forgets who he is. So, I yeah, that. I think you can get inspiration anywhere. I agree. And it's, it's really true. Like, you can find it in, in different conversations. You can find it with some just looking at someone and what they've, you know, the work they've put into what they're doing. And it all just kind of ties hand in hand. Totally. So thank you so much, thank Sue, you. for being here. It's such a pleasure. Oh, oh so my God. We'll cut that part out. But, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a big hug, okay, people? It was a big, big hug. hug. But, no, really, thank you no, so thank much. No, thank you. For this is so special. No, this really was. And like, it just truly means a lot that you're here thank right now. You. So, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. This was lovely.